There is one event that defines sports entertainment. Welcome to WrestleMania! That inspires from generation to generation. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. This place has gone crazy! us memories that last a lifetime. Now, 20 years later, WrestleMania returns to Detroit. Oh, I don't believe it! Grown History has been made! Up. Once again to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I am intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. How was your Thanksgiving, first of all? It was good, man. It was good? Yeah. Yes. Ate too much. What about you? Oh, yes. Well, I had to work most of it, but the the few moments I had in between, it it was very good. Uh, We took the week off for Thanksgiving, of course, because we, we celebrate the holidays around the Retro Wrestling Podcast studio. So we took the week off, but before we get into this week's news and notes, I wanted to say a couple things to you. First of all, happy birthday, as your birthday will be coming up this week Thank after you. we record. How Thank old you. will you be turning, Patrick I will be Young. 28. Wow, Patrick Young. You are, you're going to have to change your gimmicked last name to Patrick Old one day. I know. It's catching up with me. And also what I wanted to say is I should have taken all of your Survivor Series picks Except for like one, and gone and bet on them because you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> with your picks, it's nuts to me. And if you go back and listen to episode twelve, he makes all these Survivor Series picks, and I'm sitting there saying why they're crazy and why they shouldn't work. And he almost got them all completely correct. Yeah. And we had taped it prior to Ziggler being placed in the match with the or replaced by the Miz. So I had to cut that one out, but you had picked Ziggler, so you technically picked that match, you know, SmackDown kept the IC belt. So right. you you would have gotten that correct. I, would you have pe- taken The Miz in that match? Yeah. Over Sami Zayn? Yeah. Oh, I, now, I, yeah. No, really and truly because I did not see SmackDown losing the Intercontinental title. 
maybe the Divas match, well, the women's match, was the only yeah. one I think that you got incorrect. But the rest of it, I would have never believed, especially the main event of the Survivor Series, to have Man. gone the way it did. I don't think you predicted it to go in two minutes, but you, you that, did get the outcome correct. Yeah, that was... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's just hit straight into it. Yeah, well, of course, because it was a holiday week, there's not much... In the way of news, so we'll start with Survivor Series 2016, the wrap-up. Before we get to the Goldberg and Brock Lesnar main event, what did you think about the undercard? It was not as bad as you and I thought it was going to be. I still think it was pretty bad. I skimmed through it. Like I told you, I wasn't going to watch, and I I didn't watch the whole card in its entirety. Like When yeah. these matches start, like the main event 5-on-5, five five, well, not the main event, the main five-on-five men's match took, like, almost an hour. Just Well, there were 15 minutes of him scraping Shane McMahon off the mat, so... That's right. He got concussed or something from that spear by Roman Reigns, but... Uh, they actually collided heads, I think. And, uh, anyway, it knocked him out It knocked him out cold. And uh, He had a funny look in his eyes, that Shane McMahon. You saw, uh, you saw Randy Orton break... Kayfabe and go well, the referee should have just counted the three when Roman had. He was out of the match anyway. His, his shoulder was way up, dude. Come on, if, just if, count if the three. That, if he had done that, we would have been sitting right here, and I would have been giving that referee shit no, no, for counting no. the shoulder up. No, no, no. The, the, just, referee, the guy is out. Just, the referee did the right thing. It was it more just, awkward that he stopped the count to say, "Oh, he's knocked out." Well, because the guy was injured and he was hurt, and that was that. So, uh, but yeah, man, that was a close call for Shane. Everything seems to be fine. He's okay now. Uh, do you think the old age is catching up with Shane McMahon? I don't know what the layoff was between the last WrestleMania and his match prior to that. But, I mean, you're talking about somebody like The Undertaker who barely wrestles still gets more ring time than yeah. Shane McMahon. Plus, oh, yeah, he's had a lifetime of wrestling behind him. I mean, Shane McMahon has always been a part-time performer. So I don't know if it's necessarily because of that, but he's more prone to accidents and injury than somebody – who is a day-to-day wrestler. So I, I don't know that it's it's necessarily based on his age. Uh, it's just based on lack he's of... Not, he's not bouncing back like he used to, though, man. Well, there's you got to no, admit, age is catching up, and he's he's taking these hits, and it's like, oh. Well, he does sweat a lot more than he did when he was... Yeah. He, he's the sweatiest man I've ever seen. In I think he's more... He's got more of a shine on him from sweat than Lex Luger ever did from baby oil. Because this man sweats a lot. But no, I think it was just an accident. You know, he can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, luckily everything turned out okay. It was just kind of a scary moment for everyone involved. Well, the fact that the cruiserweight title didn't change hands is really stupid. Because to make those guys go to Monday Night Raw and then have to appear the next night in a different city on SmackDown. Well, on a show after SmackDown, it's right. only on the network. Right. I mean, give me a break, guys. That's just making life difficult for no reason. I mean, or if they had, instead of giving Kalisto the belt, then Kendrick should have won and been like, well, I'm still going over there. So, you know, just, I don't know, some reason to make these guys not have to travel that day. So I thought that was a really weird result on the show. Yeah. And, uh, but. Uh... The Divas match and the tag team match, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't really care. Whatever. The women's match uh, was the only one that I was kind of kind of bored with, in a way. You're not a big Nia Jax fan? No, not really. <laughs> I think, uh, well, and they didn't protect their monster well, didn't she? I think she tapped out in the match. That's yeah. not very good. Yeah. When they should have, if they really wanted to build it, it's Survivor Series, uh, you know, 
Count out. That or do do the uh, do the Undertaker thing. You know, as a matter of fact, this week, 26 years for the Undertaker, his anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, but do the Undertaker thing, have him come in and run through at least four. And then get thrown out. And get, Yeah, instead of having her tap. But that's the logical thing. And logic doesn't always apply to the way they book their shows. Yeah. And especially how I feel that they booked the main event, which saw Goldberg defeat Brock Lesnar in less than two minutes. This was Which we can horse. do enti- We can do play-by-play really quickly for the whole thing. This was horse shit. Brock throws Goldberg into a corner. Goldberg <laughs> hits a spear, hits a second spear, yeah. jackhammer, and the win. Yeah. And that's the entire that's match. It. Picks him over his shoulder, sits him over in the corner... Like, look at me, I'm stronger than you. Goldberg pushes him, creates space, spear, sets back up, spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, and I was like Paul Heyman going, holy shit. We got robbed, man. Well, we didn't get robbed because we weren't in the Toronto Center that night. We and every single person watching that pay-per-view got robbed. Bait and switch, WCW. That was a, yeah, everybody's all excited, but and they're like, oh, you have to be a true wrestling fan to understand why... No, you don't. He knows how to wrestle. He should be able to go in there and carry carry on a match. I agree Goldberg should have won, but that right there was bullshit. <laughs> I don't think Goldberg should have won. And I, uh... and and I texted you, and it's like you said. It now has completely ruined the fact of The Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. I, mean, I just think that they've built up Brock for so long that whoever beat him would be really ca- would be cashing in. Yeah, you know all the work you've done to say that this guy is unbeatable, he's unstoppable. But first time he was beaten cle- cleanly in three years for Brock. Yeah, Lesnar. so it's not like he's always been protected. But I mean, and and if I'm Brock, that was an easy night's work, man. That was a great night of work. Yeah, but you know what? It's not going to be believable. It's not. I do not believe Brock Lesnar is a true badass like people want you to think he is now. Well, yeah, exactly, and not at all. So I, they damaged his brand that completely. I, you will not see him step back foot in UFC because Dana White is like, no, you just had a forty-nine-year-old kick your ass in eighty-seven seconds. I'm not. Oh, they'd still. If he wasn't going to be suspended for a couple years here for the uh, the failed drug test, I think they would welcome him back. But by the time he he gets out of that, he's going to be 41, 42 years old. So I don't think he was going to go back anyway. But they would have him back, yeah, because this is this is scripted. He's still a big draw, you know, for actual mixed martial arts. The heavyweight division's very... Ha- There's not a lot of talent in the heavyweight division in UFC, so they would have him back. But, yeah, as far as him being a monster in, in WWE and I mean, just running through guys... It's just ruined him. As a, It's ruined him to be believable as being an, a major ass-kicker. You go from his last bout with Randy Orton hitting a vicious, vicious elbow that I means literally sliced Randy open Randy Orton open in the ring really bad to getting beat by a 49 year old in 87 seconds <laughs> yeah I mean no offense I still like I said think Goldberg should have won but we still could have seen a match and somehow or another out of nowhere a miraculous holy shit this guy still can pull it out of his ass and pull off a win but not have him come out there and dominate one of the biggest names 
and I hate saying this because you know I freaking hate Brock worse than anything in the world, one of the biggest names in pro wrestling today. Yeah, I mean, he's on the cover of the video game. He's their guy. So I think the the paying crowd, I think they got robbed more than anybody because all these pay-per-views had been running over their time. This one ended 30 minutes early. Yeah. And also... They were able to pl- uh, play the story time or whatever that crap is and still not even have it hit the, the 11, 11 o'clock, o'clock yeah. And I know in real mixed martial arts and boxing and anything else, it's plausible that a guy can walk in there and get knocked out in 10 seconds or whatever. Right. But I accept that because I know that that's real combat. That that ha- I accept that when I, when I put my money down you know, and say, here's my $10 or whatever – I accept that that can be the outcome. I would have. This is uh, they can book this. Here, you know? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would have said it was bullshit if the roles were reversed and Les- just went Lesnar hit- walked in there, got behind him, suplex, suplex, F five, F five, one, two, three. I would have said that was bullshit either. This was built. This match, you didn't have them touch. This was an, a classic build. No touching, no physical contact through the months of this building this match. And so, which was great because you're like, yeah, man, we're going to see a vicious, hard fought match. Well, and you go in with the impression that it's Goldberg's last match one way or the other. Yeah, well, we're going to get into yeah. that here in a second. But, I mean, I mean, it's a bait and switch to me. I don't. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean, bait and switch. Even and if the match, even if it was, even if it went the same way and was two minutes long or whatever, it's almost like Goldberg or Lesnar didn't want to do the deal, so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make him look as shitty as possible, and I'm not going to carry him in this match at well, all. Well, no, they made him look as good as possible. They made Goldberg. He made Goldberg look as good as possible. Yeah, if they said Brock, you're losing or whatever, well, then Brock said, if I lose, I want to just totally get blown out. I don't want it to be close, you know. Yeah, but. Because I think that's what happened. Well, but even with the two-minute match, there should have been some follow-up. Like, Brock should have gotten back up after the jackhammer and been like, what? You know, I can't believe it. And then, like, attacked Goldberg. Or had a, had a three-count, but then, you know, as soon as the referee hit that three-count, Brock kicks out. You yeah, know, some bullshit. Give me some, some, some sign of, holy shit, he just pulled off a miracle instead of, well, he just decimated the toughest guy <laughs> to walk in a wrestling ring in 10 years so yeah this guy that's yeah been out of the business for uh 12 years 12 years because 04 was the last match he had at wrestlemania 20 right with lesnar yeah so what the wwe just told what they told a casual fan is everybody on our roster is inferior to a guy that's been sitting at home <laughs> doing nothing for 12 years you know that yeah that this guy, because this is build. Oh, this is the main event over the five on five. Main. This was your closing match. This was your main event. This is what people came to see this pay per view for. Yeah, you had a, you know traditional you know Survivor Series matches and the rivalries around that crap, but this was the match. Truthfully, this is what the pay per view was built around. Yeah, and you shit on it like this. <laughs> It made me think, like, whoa, man. I think this will age well over time. I think that in a few years we'll look back with this. Well, I made the prediction. It won't be so bad. Okay. Very next night. Well, before we get into Raw, I wanted to mention, you said story time. I like the story time show. I did this too. is the first original programming that they've done since the network, outside of the podcasts and the, the interview stuff. 
the one this is the only thing they've done so far where it's just a wrestler talking ba- where well it's got animation it's a story that's animated basically yeah. but i loved it because it's very it's quick it's like 12 minutes yeah. all together but there's no bullshit with it no. and also wrestlers except are s- for except for rick flair's that's that's well bullshit. no there's no bullshit with the production of it there's uh, bullshit in the stories because they're wrestlers <laughs> yeah that's just what they do but that's what makes it so great is because they're some of the greatest storytellers ever and so, to see these things animated the way the wrestlers tell them i just think it works so well like, yeah especially like uh farouk's story about being left on the side of the road pissing when he was driving with teddy long and yeah, they did a great job with and this. And then so. and uh, of course with Jake Roberts, I loved his, you know, about the about Damien. The airport snake. Yeah, Damien getting out. At what the I airport. like too is they animate these guys in their wrestling gear. Yeah. In these situations. Yeah. So Jake is walking through the airport in his uh green nineteen ninety four WWF attire. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to mention story time. Yeah, no, it on. was uh check it, it out. It only takes twelve minutes. That's yeah, what's great. It's that is. We move on to Monday night. Goldberg comes out and announces he is going to be part of the Royal Rumble, and he vows to have one more title run in him. He decided he loved that paycheck. He got the WWF money, you know, and I think just the response, the crowd response to him through the build to the Brock match just made him want more. That and the money, and he just saw that there's still money on the table. He's still in good shape, you know. I do want to say one thing. I was right. I said that he would have this one match and be like, oh, my God, I have to have more and come back and be a part of it. So, But still, well, even, even after that, I think it's horseshit. Well, when you saw the finish of the match Sunday night, I mean, everyone definitely thought, well, this isn't the end of that. Because yeah. if that really was it, they, you, they wouldn't have booked it like that had he been like, well, uh, Monday at 12.01 Monday, see everybody. Like... Thanks. Look at what I did. I'll see you later. I knew yeah. that when we saw that finish on Sunday that he would definitely be back. So that's that's we've been asking how are they going to fill the uh, the Alamo Dome? That's. But see, that doesn't to me that doesn't add. It's going to be. Here's the thing. You can put whoever you want to in the Rumble match. It doesn't sell an extra ticket. You put Goldberg. This is the only way viable to make him believe this is a true ass kicker. He has got to run the gauntlet. Put that motherfucker in there, number one, and have him run through all 29 other men at Royal Rumble. No, you can't have him run through your roster. That is the only way you can legitimize, because that at Survivor Series didn't legitimize anything. I imagine he'll go in at number like 15, and then Brock will be in at number 17 or 18, and then he'll eliminate each other and that'll set up a wrestlemania match this is and so the third and final match in the trilogy i guess of the goldberg brock lesnar well they sent out a a uh like a poll you know how wwe does those polls on wwe.com would you like to see goldberg and brock three and i voted no (laughs) as did 81 percent of the (laughs) viewing audience just because, I mean... We've seen it, man. It's, We've it's, seen it twice. It's course, yeah. It's never delivered. No. It didn't deliver the first time. They, that's why they had to throw Austin in there. It damn sure didn't deliver this time. Let it go. Drop the, you know, drop that. And and I was looking online. WWE's looking to hire a writer right now. Whoever decides to get that job, let, let's make sure we, we let that be known. Drop this. You know, drop the Goldberg-Lesnar deal. 
let Goldberg move on to better things. Well, I don't know how much longer Goldberg's going to stick around. I see him going through WrestleMania, but after that, I don't... No, it'll be a Hall of Fame weekend for WrestleMania for Goldberg, and that's that. That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, if they decide to go in a different... I mean, they don't have to do the Brock rematch. Uh, I'd actually rather see Goldberg and Undertaker. See, that's what I was thinking. I would love to see that. I'd rather see that. Instead of Undertaker and Cena, which is the direction I think that they most people think that they're going, I don't really care to see that match. No, we've seen Undertaker Cena. We haven't seen it at WrestleMania, but we've seen it. So it's we saw the Doctor Thugonomics. We never got Sting and Undertaker, so it, the next best thing. You well, know. Sting has said he he will come back for that one match. Yeah, but this has to with the WWE being sued for the 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 CTE stuff by all the old wrestlers and by and what they're doing with Daniel Bryan not letting him wrestle, they're not going to let Sting back in the ring. So if this so. match ever ever happens, it'll be when Undertaker finally retires or, or quits. Like, basically when Ric Flair retired, then, you know, a few months later he's in TNA doing a match. So it'll be something like that if, if we ever see it, but I don't see that happening. Well, I'll pick up the phone call on both and we'll have a match right yeah, here. Yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll rush. I'm sure you've got the money to book <laughs> hey. these guys. I've got the Where stroke. Where Sting charges $150 for an autograph. Do you have that kind of money? I to... got the stroke. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jeff Jarrett. That's right. All right, and then we went on to, uh, as a matter of fact, I wanted to jump back to Saturday night. Mickey James did lose in NXT. However, oh, yeah, NXT TakeOver Toronto. I watched it. Unbelievable pay-per-view. I, you know me. I don't watch very much NXT stuff. but uh, I thought it was better than Survivor Series. I did, too. It was a, I mean, it was really good. As far as takeover specials go, I don't think it was it was the best one that they've done. But I liked a lot of what they did. I liked the tag team match the best, probably. Yeah. Uh, but Mickey, I mean, she came, she saw, she kicked ass, and she just lost by hair. So I think we might actually see a return of Mickey James. Yeah, still because, in good shape. Yeah, too. she can go, man. She can go. So I see. I see a return of Mickey James on the main roster pretty soon. As well as Monday after Raw, they did the ECW Oh, I watched this over the weekend. Untold yes. story. Which they've already told so many times. They've the the ECW the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD is probably I'd have to say it's probably my favorite WWE produced DVD ever. And that pretty much told ECW's story. As well as this Paul Heyman documentary that came came out last year. Yeah. It did a good job. Right. There's really not a left to be said about it, really, and this special... This was more sitting down, sitting and just telling stories kind of a thing. But, like I say, these stories have... Like the like uh, Bubba Ray Dudley's stories, the Dudley DVD came out like earlier this year. So, yeah. Devon added nothing to this panel, by the way. <laughs> this, uh, But his, his stories about helping out backstage... That stuff's already kind of been set. It was nice to see Taz back at, uh, yeah. in a WWE production. I think your boy Tommy Dreamer actually added the most to this because he he cries very easily. And he made Paul Heyman almost start crying at one point because he told him how much he loved him. That part was the most powerful of it. As far as the stories, and I, I was, I'm kind of lukewarm on it just because it's been told. It's been done. I enjoyed it for an hour, hour long little setup it wasn't bad it was pretty entertaining on my aspect of it but it really truly the whole thing of it 
put into motion that ECW, the full library of ECW, is now on the network. Yeah, they have all the hardcore TVs and the TNN show and the pay-per-views. They've got everything on there. All So the entire ECW... Everything televised. There's still a lot of... We're missing a lot of pieces The from, fan cam thing that they used to do. You remember they used to yeah. put those out on separate DVDs? They've still, there's still some missing pieces, but for the yeah. most part, for the most part, it's there. Yeah. I love ECW. You know, I'm, you know, I know you're not a big fan of it, but you know how I feel about ECW and that match we did a couple of years ago. Well, it was last year, actually, um, with Tommy and Stevie Richards. Uh, yeah, I, that was fun. It was awesome, man. And I, and I told Stevie in the ring, you know, there was some words said between me and Stevie that I'll, that will stay between me and him, but, uh, it, man, it was, you know, just to be able to be a part of that, to be able to say I was, you know, I got to live out my moment possibly, or the closest it'll get to ECW was, uh, was pretty cool. So, uh, that's the closest that I'll ever get to have been a part of an ECW show. I love ECW. I love the, the, the way it shaped wrestling today because it did it formed it into a whole new direction or we would still be stuck with the 80s say your prayers eat your vitamins drink your milk crap that we had (laughs) well which we have today again so yeah well don't be a bully but but we go from that to say we show enzo completely naked walking down the hallway (laughs) so oh that's it was funny no it was hilarious we're finding a happy medium Somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. I love that with Enzo, though. That oh, you was, love naked Enzo. No, that That's was what, that. Patrick's was, revelation today is that he loves naked Enzo. I did. How you doing? Uh, no, I, I I thought that was entertaining as hell. I mean, and with Lana in in there, it it just worked perfectly. That was done very well. Well, it's so it's so rude that they put these showers outside of the locker rooms where you have to walk naked through the hallways to get to them. I mean, do they really? No, I mean, but that's what they have you thinking because why would he be out in the hallway with a towel on if the showers are in the locker room? You see what I'm saying? So there's right. no reason for him to be out there. Right. Except the only explanation is that the showers are across the hall and that you have to walk through. But right. even then, you could get dressed <laughs> as soon as you get out of the shower. But yeah. there's a lot of bad ones, too, where... Yeah. Well, he's also got the ability to to read these lines and, and in his own voice, unlike any backstage segment with the divas. I mean, any backstage segment with the women wrestlers. Yeah, we can't use divas. Where they have the scripted response, they just they can't speak in their own voice, and it, it really hurts. Now Tuesday night, yes, yeah, SmackDown, SmackDown ladder match. James Ellsworth wins. Man. James Ellsworth wins, signs, seals, delivers a contract for WWE and a future World Heavyweight Title. Well, that would be match. His, his second one. He's already gotten more title shots than I don't know, Mister so. Perfect. That is true. And he's gotten multiple wins over AJ Styles. He's got more wins over AJ Styles than Roman Reigns does. That's funny shit. I never even realized that. So, And now he's got another match. Unfortunately, though, I feel like this is about run its course with him in in this Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, James Ellsworth love triangle. I think it's about run its course. I'm still saying he's not going to WrestleMania, but 
if they are smart, he wins the Royal Rumble. I, that would be I'd very bad. That, I would book that in a second. I think that's a good way to get Brock and Goldberg eliminated is having James Ellsworth being like chucked into them or something. Yeah. That would be a good way. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't see him winning the Royal Rumble, no. I He could be in a in the ladder match for the Intercontinental title or if they do that again. I'm he's sure. over though, man. Oh, he's over, he's, but he's hot. I mean, like is, I said, everything it just has it's it's running it's about running it's, it's about how I feel with the new day. I like the new <laughs> I like the new day and I like James Ellsworth, but the new day it's it's run its course with me. Really, I'm just sort of I'm over it. I'm kind of upset that they're going to break Demolition's title record, but records. I mean, I didn't even know about this title record until the new day broke the last title record that yeah. what's their name London and Kendrick had yeah. or whatever. So I didn't even know about it, so I can't be too upset because it's there's so many records in wrestling, it's it's hard to keep up with. But I'm just sort of I'm I'm over. They lose every non-title match they're in. They lose every single one, and then they show up on the pay-per-view. They didn't even have to defend the belts at Survivor Series, but so I, they're just weak. They're yeah. just, they're weak, and then they're they're doing the same shit every week. It started off really well, but yeah, it's it's now getting to where it's. All their bag of tricks they've done. They've, all, all the talking and all their and, box of bootios has yeah. been spilled over. But uh, but I'm sure they're going to ride that ride that gravy train as long as they possibly can. So I don't see that breaking up. Any oh no, I think the team will continue on, but I don't see them keeping those belts. As soon as they break the records, they'll be dropping those belts. Who do you but. think they'll drop them to? What tag team? Because we're getting some pretty good tag teams. Well, actually, the is, one with the most momentum is. Sheamus and Cesaro at the moment on the and but, end zone cast man end zone cast are picking up no they're not picking up some serious steam with the uh, with the fans they will be broken up before they ever hold the belts because end zone cast yeah because Vince loves Cass he's got these big mis- Braun Strowman was in that Survivor Series Braun Strowman and Cass are going to be main eventing WrestleMania 35 you know or whatever like oh I, I told you when I first saw him that Big Cass was a future Colin Cassidy is a future world heavyweight title champ but that's why I don't think they'll ever get the tag belts is because I mean he was already in the he was in the first well in that universal four-way match yeah well they needed somebody Raw doesn't have that many people I know I know but just I'm just saying this is this is short. Like Enzo's going to have to really root to be this guy's manager if they start him out as a babyface because their future as a tag team is the time is running out. Yeah. So that's why I don't think they'll get the belts. They they're very good. But oh well, I wanted to mention I mentioned earlier it was your birthday, and so for your birthday I will get you what I got you for WrestleMania 30, and that is your ticket to WrestleMania is taken care of. I wanted to bitch very quickly about. WrestleMania ticket. Number one, the price. The price of these things goes up every time that we go to it. Yeah. And what you get for what you pay is getting less and less. We are in the nosebleed section, my friend. Not high up in the nosebleed section, but in the nosebleed section. And we paid more than what we paid to be where we were at WrestleMania 30. And I mean, we were really? we were in the middle yeah, we, circle. We, yeah. And we paid almost as much as we paid to be in the lower rafters of WrestleMania 27. So we are getting, these things are, it's getting outrageous. Also, the Ticketmaster process of buying these things. I hate searching for best available. They should just put the seating chart on there and you click two seats or three seats or however many and go to buy them. That should be it instead of 
Search for best available because best available is not is a, giving you the best available. Well, no, it's just a matter of opinion of what the computer says. Oh, well, maybe you want section 312 or maybe you want this. It, it just sucks. The yeah. whole process sucks. The one thing I wanted to say, the one thing that really pisses me off this year about WrestleMania t- is that for the price that we paid for them, we don't even get pay- paper tickets. We don't even, I don't even get to print them off, Patrick, because now it's all on your phone. Really? So now day of WrestleMania, what if the internet's down? What if I can't, what if I break my phone? What if I lose the email that these things came in? Right. I can't even have a paper copy because... You can't even print them off. Right. Yeah, I went to go print them off and they said, no, you can't print them off for this event. So you can't, I bought them. They're mine. I should do what I want with them. I can't even print them off. So that's my biggest complaint about WrestleMania tickets. That's bullshit. I'm not trying to create paper waste, right? But I just like having a physical. The, the phone was always the backup for the paper ticket. Yeah, you always want a physical ticket to be on the safe side because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's 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 some bullshit. But thanks, man. Appreciate oh, that. Oh yeah, no problem. Appreciate that. Yes, WrestleMania coming up in uh, in April in April 2017. Yeah, which will be almost the 10 year anniversary. Of WrestleMania 23, which is where we will go this week. And in honor of President-elect Donald Trump, I decided to highlight his WrestleMania moment. His WrestleMania, essentially the main event. It wasn't on last, but if you look at the WrestleMania 23 poster... It should have been. (laughs) That is true. It should have been. But yes, it's WrestleMania 23, all grown up, is this year's theme. I hated that theme. Yes. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that as well. (laughs) April 1st, 2007... At Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, in front of 80,103 people, which would be one of the highest attended WrestleManias ever until this past year when they went to Dallas and drew 101,763. And my, how times have changed. The buy rate, the buy rate for this pay per view, we covered Starcade 97 at 650,000 buys. This did double that with 1.2 million pay-per-view buys at a time when how much was WrestleMania getting to be on pay-per-view before the network, Patrick? Like 60 or 70 bucks? Yeah. Wow. At this point in time, it had hit $70. We watched it at my house together. I think it, this is uh, one we did at Hooters, actually. Did we do it at Hooters? This might have been a Hooters one, yes. Oh, those good so old it just, days. Well, it just cost us. Those good old days. I was sitting there with the Hooters girl serving us. That was good. It ju- well, it just cost us a, ho- a meal at Hooters, which yeah. probably cost us some time off our lives, unfortunately. But <laughs> yes, WrestleMania 23, all grown up. And you do not like the theme all grown up. Man. You didn't like the was, kitty actors who were playing the wrestlers as children? It was okay as, as the start, but in between every single freaking match. Yes. They spotlight a superstar and do the all grown up thing. It was just, it was getting old, man. It was getting old fast. Well, we have a history of all the great WrestleMania moments yes. because this is the 20th, well, not the 20th anniversary, but 20 years after WrestleMania 3, which was in. You took the word right out of my mouth. Yeah. And it was uh, Pontiac Silverdome. Pontiac Silverdome, which was on the other, other side of. Of uh, town, of town, yeah, of Detroit, and so we have who was there to sing "America's Beautiful," the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, who appeared on Thanksgiving just who, the other day. Who did? Who was? Uh, and she she sang "America the Beautiful" at WrestleMania three, and 
I love the way they they sounded out with Vince over the intercom. To, right, they to, show a clip from Vince at WrestleMania three when yeah. he introduces her because they can't have heel Vince in two thousand and seven introduce her. It, right. right, so young Vince McMahon from nineteen eighty seven introduces uh, introduces Aretha Franklin in two thousand seven. I love, yeah, I love the way I love the way they did split that, that together. And it was, uh, yeah, it was done really well. She performed, man. There's not very many people that can move you to tears, but she she almost did. She did one of the best America the Beautifuls they ever had at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, this past Thanksgiving, she did a a four-minute rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner, which which got some uh, negative attention because the the National Anthem does not take four minutes to sing, so she delayed the start of kickoff to the Detroit Lions game on Thursday at Ford Field, by the way, so it's all full circle here. It's all very closely related. It's a small world. It's a small, small world. Everything in this world, ladies and gentlemen, revolves around wrestling. You don't realize it, but it does. Yes. We don't actually rotate around the sun. We rotate around a wrestling ring somewhere. Exactly. And Vince is standing in the middle of it, shaking his, you know, his fist at the world, saying, give me your money. Now, after she does the America the Beautiful, then we get the promo with the kids and they are all grown up. You get to see a little Bobby Lashley, a little John Cena. And it's very odd that Shawn Michaels is like in his 40s, and now we're just seeing the kid version of him, which <laughs> is the same age as the Cena kid. And then also very creepy that the Divas have fe- little girl versions in their Divas clothes. The funniest one that I really got a kick out of was seeing Austin's. And you have, oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's Austin smashing the beer together, and then there's a little kid on the ring rope smashing milk together and pouring <laughs> it all over himself. I was like, well, oh. that is that's funny, but I was like, that shit's hilarious. Since this being 2007, in hindsight, a good thing they didn't have a kid Crispin Wong. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. Raw, SmackDown, oh. and ECW. This is the, the revival ECW, which, which was sucked. coming off a few months after December to Dismember. They're the worst pay-per-view ever. So Raw, SmackDown, and ECW will present this. So this year's rock theme, which is Saliva, Ladies and Gentlemen, which is, I feel like, on every WWE pay-per-view from around this time. I hate this song. No. it's I hate Saliva. They suck. And, and this is all Kevin Dunn. He likes, like, four bands. And so we get... Saliva and Nickelback and Motorhead. Motorhead. Well, that's Triple H. So we get huge pyrotechnics to start the show. They don't spend money on uh, fireworks anymore. So hopefully they'll do this year. JR welcomes us in. It's Jerry Lawler and JR will have the Raw commentary, JBL and Cole for SmackDown, and we have Joey Styles and Taz for ECW, which they they showed up to this event to call one match. Yes. Because there's only one ECW exclusive match. Although there are some ECW guys in the Money in the Bank match. Prior to the show kicking off, we missed, we missed a dark match, Patrick. We missed, oh, a little guy named Ric Flair, who teamed up with Carlito to take on Gregory Helms and Chavo Guerrero. It's amazing to think that Ric Flair is on a dark match here, and then next year, WrestleMania 24... He's going to retire. <laughs> he's going to be, he's nothing, going to be the featured like man. putting the greatest wrestler in professional wrestling history... In a dark tag team match. In a match. dark tag team match. Throwing that on WrestleMania. Yeah. Not just like before Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. No. No. We're going to put him on a dark match. We're in the good old days when Money in the Bank used to open up this pay-per-view. Something that I think is missed now. I, Ever I since missed, it's got its own pay-per-view, it's... Yeah. Money in the Bank was born at WrestleMania, and it's one of those things that 
I think needs to go back. You can have money. It would help a bad WrestleMania out. Yeah. When when the rest like this one, for instance. This this card benefits greatly from right. this match. The ring is surrounded with several ladders. Jeff Hardy is out first. He hasn't been at a WrestleMania since 2002, so this is his first WrestleMania in five years. And he won't be at another one since. Ever. Ever. King Booker is out next. He's with Charmel. Then Fit Finley. He's got his shillelagh. Then ECW's very own, a very young CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk is out next. He's the first ECW superstar to compete in WrestleMania, is what they bill him as. But that's not... He's the first WWECW guy to compete, but... I like I mean, he did that there. Very nice. Rob Van Dam had already been in WrestleMania yeah. way before... I mean, you'd have to go back years to find the actual first ECW alumni. I wouldn't say... I anyway. think this was like active roster kind I of know. Thing. This is just bullshit is what it is. There, it's yeah. just technicality. Then... Mr. Kennedy. Oh, Ken what, Kennedy. What do you think of Mr. Kennedy before we, we get into this match? Oh, I always liked Mr. No, Kennedy. No, I really? think he's stuck. You didn't like King Kennedy? He had nothing going for him. And he still doesn't. And uh, Well, he's not with TNA anymore either. Well, right. But even some people, you can just tell that they are not going to be stars in this business. And I'm sorry. I don't find anything that he does, even on the mic, this whole repeating your last name thing. What the hell was that? I don't understand that. What was Kennedy Kennedy echoing his same name? What well, was that's that? Because nobody else would echo it for him. Is that what he said? Is that the whole? The fans weren't doing it, so he's going to do it right and proper. That's stupid. It's not even a catchphrase. They made money off of him. No, they made no money off of him. He was a waste of time. I like King Kennedy. Of course you do. You like everybody. It's hard to find, other than Brock Lesnar, it's hard to find wrestlers that you don't. I hate that man. Uh, mm. If he was here right now, I'd smack him in the face. I said, Mr. Kennedy, his entrance song, it sucks. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Then we, we have non-broken Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Complete Matt Hardy. Not V1. V, this isn't V1? No, he's already, he's just Matt Hardy. Oh, this is right before he got fired, Matt Hardy? This is before he got fired for the second time. This is... He had already come back from the uh the This edge. was after the feud with Edge, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Then Randy Orton comes out to his old music, which I do like better than than voices. And then Edge is out next, and he is the final man in this match. No Shelton Benjamin on this this year. He must have been injured. They start out by looking at the briefcase before everyone scurries out of the ring. Finley climbs the top turnbuckle and dives onto all the wrestlers on the outside of the ring. So fit Finley. He's going the extra mile for this match. He's doing top rope moves now. Fit Finley, yeah, Fit Finley took some pretty hard hits in this match. Finley and Orton try to climb the ladder. They have a hard time. They needed to rock the ladder to tip it over. They had a hard time getting that to happen, but eventually it does fall over. Then Jeff Hardy runs in and tries to climb up the ladder, but somebody breaks it up. Then Booker T, he starts looking for plunder under the ring and finds a small stepladder. Now, who could that be for? CM Punk and Edge use the small ladder to hit the other guys in the head a few times. Now, when we're saying a small stepladder, let's clarify. Like two steps. Let's clarify. This thing was like maybe three feet off of the ground. Yes. And you're on the top rung standing on it. Like it's small. Yeah, this was This was a this was a spot that was getting ready to be used for later on for Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Yes. Or Little Bastard as they called him at this time. So So CM Punk blades 
from getting hit with the tiny ladder. So we've got our first I blood th- in the match. I think that was hard way. Okay. <laughs> King Booker is in the ring, spine-busting everybody. Then we get a Booker T spinner before the Hardys hit him with ladders. Matt hits a side effect to Edge. The Hardys are setting up the seesaw ladder spot that took out Joey Mercury, but Finley breaks it up, and then Edge suplexes somebody. Oh, Matt Hardy gets suplexed onto the ladder by Edge. Then Ken Kennedy hits the attempts the Kenton bomb on Matt Hardy, who was laying on the ladder, but Matt Hardy moves out of the way, and then Kennedy lands directly on his neck from missing the Kenton bomb. That looked ugly, too. I really thought he had hurt himself. While he's laying on the mat recovering, Jeff hits a swanton on Ken Kennedy and teaches him how it's done. Nothing like the original. The Hardys use the ladder to take everybody in the ring out. They set it up, and then the brothers go for the briefcase. But when they get to the top, they decide, you know what? I really want this more than you. Every man for himself. The brothers have to fight each other. And then Edge gets in the ring and spears everyone and probably breaks his neck in the process. All of his neck problems probably come from hitting this move constantly throughout his career. So Edge clears the ring with spears and cm punk grabs the ladder and does the terry funk helicopter ladder spot but then edge finally spears him to stop that edge goes and gets the 30 foot ladder and climbs up most of it but randy orton stops him and throws edge to the floor matt lays edge on a ladder that is propped between the ring and the guardrail and so instead of getting the belt which he should have done jeff hardy does a a seated senton through edge through the ladder to the mats on the ground below. Taz tries to play up the situation as serious, saying, neither man is moving, but then immediately says, let's check out the replay. JBL rightly calls out Jeff for not wanting to win the match. So, good call, JBL. If you're up there, close to getting the briefcase... Grab the briefcase. Grab the briefcase, then do your move. That's the ultimate thing to do. There you go. Grab your briefcase and then do it with it in your hand as you're flying through the air. Now, Edge is strapped to a gurney and taken out. He is... That's the way to eliminate Edge from this match. Yes. Yeah. Da- this is a this is a guy on a on a gurney that doesn't come back to the match. A rare ins- he didn't do the McFoley spot where No, yeah, he didn't he was out for the rest of the match. Randy gives RKOs to everybody. Then Punk sets up two ladders while Edge is being wheeled away. We get an RKO to CM Punk who was setting up. He set up these ladders, climbed them, and then got RKO'd right off of them. So good job, Punk. Then King Booker climbs the ladders. We get a bookend to Randy off of the ladders. So a big ladder spot from King Booker. Charmel keeps Matt Hardy from winning the title. Matt Hardy had climbed up to try to get it. Now Booker's on the ladder and has to go. He either saves Charmel. Oh, right. Yes. Matt holds Charmel. And and then Booker T is forced to make a choice to either go for the briefcase. Or save his wife. Go for the briefcase. Your wife will forgive you. Your wife will forgive you. Nothing diamonds and pearls can't fix. Exactly, Bobby Heenan. So then Matt Hardy decides to go for the suitcase. But Fit Finley cuts him off and hits a Celtic cross to Hardy on a ladder that's been laying in the ring. Then Finley sets up two ladders, and then Hornswoggle appears. Hornswoggle thinks he's going to go and get the briefcase, and he climbs the ladders. But he can't reach it. Finley is too hurt. Finley's back is hurting, so Hornswoggle says, I'll go do it. I'll get it for you. But he forgets that he is vertically challenged. And so when he gets to the top of the ladders, he can't reach the briefcase, which allows Mr. Kennedy to run in and do a fireman's carry roll-through slam onto Hornswoggle off of the top of the ladder. Okay, let's... This was Kennedy's big spot in the match. This was Kennedy's big spot in the match. This is how to get him over, is to do a job on... Kudos, kudos to Hornswoggle. No offense. 
and I am not making offense to anyone who is below average size. That's a hard fall just in general, but to be his size and take that hit was impressive as hell. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. No. Not a chance. But I do think it's shitty that this was Kennedy's big big moment like Kennedy didn't do anything on this match yeah. to anybody, but the one person he did something to It's Hornswoggle. Is Hornswoggle like, "Oh, yeah. this guy's a Imagine if that's how he booked Brock Lesnar. Like Brock only destroys like little people. Like he he just Actually, I would find that entertaining. Hornswoggle will go flying through the it, arena. It reminds me. Do you remember when Jerry Lawler? No, when we had uh yeah King Kong Bundy. Oh okay. And he yeah. was he was demolishing midget wrestlers back in the eighties. I thought that was entertaining because. They tried, but they couldn't get him. Anyway. Then Kennedy, since he has annihilated his only competition, Hornswoggle, he just climbs up the ladder and grabs a briefcase. Yeah. I said he did nothing in this match, and he won it. So the guy that does the least gets the most. And now we have this Mr. Kennedy push, which would never materialize because of injuries. Unfortunately, Mr. Kennedy was the last man to wrestle Eddie Guerrero. That's the footnote next to Mr. Kennedy's WWE That really is. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but that's what he's known for. Hey, you were the last man to wrestle Eddie Guerrero. Now we get a promo for The Condemned, starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. Which is a badass movie if you hadn't seen it. This is the red carpet premiere, but instead of finding actual celebrities, they just found Mr. Kennedy, Triple H, and John Cena, who get to weigh in and talk about how great it is. And then they find Ron Simmons, who says, Damn! Damn. Great review of the film. King Kennedy goes backstage and congratulates himself and cuts a promo about a briefcase that he would never get to cash in. He just didn't know it at the time. Really? He didn't? Mm -mm. No, he lost it to Edge. On an episode of Raw, I think. Then Edge later that night cashed in to... But, that's right. Because like we've always said about the briefcase, if you have the briefcase, you why not cash in at WrestleMania? And that was his plan at WrestleMania 24. He said like a few weeks after he won it, or maybe the next night, like, I'm taking this to WrestleMania. But then he got injured along the way, had to drop it to Edge. And then that's it. He, he would come back and then uh, Randy Orton would end up getting him fired because of... He botched a move on Randy Orton in a six-man, an eight-man tag or something on Raw. Really? Yeah. I never knew. I remember he was there, and then he was gone. I didn't know exactly why. So yeah, Orton said, "This guy's dangerous. I don't want to ever wrestle him again." And then Randy well, got at that time, which is still true. Randy Orton had a lot of stroke. Well, and then Randy Orton got John Cena to agree with him, and then they fired King Kennedy, and that was the end of that. We get a Batista. All grown up promo. Wow. Little baby Batista. Then, oh boy, your fa- match of the night for you. Great Kali. This, this. Waddles out next. This, for a big man match, you have to admit was a good match. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I would give Kane a lot of credit for having to do this match and making, and making the most out of what it was, but it was still a really bad match because it has great Kali in it. Anything he's involved with is shit. There's no way, there's nothing, he, he is among my, I would say most hated wrestlers because, really? oh my God, Patrick, I mean, this guy couldn't move. He cannot move. This is a guy that Vince just said, wow. Like he saw The Longest Yard or whatever. He saw yeah. a movie that he's in. It's like, oh my gosh, sign him. Sign him. And also, because he's from India, they have a big market in India. And so they wanted to have a top Indian superstar. So 
They yeah. had this guy. Great Collie's going to face Kane. This is maskless demon version Kane. Kane bumps around Collie, who basically just stands in the center of the ring. Collie does execute a basic body slam on Kane. Kane climbs to the top turnbuckle and does his top rope clothesline, which Kali just no-sells. Then Kali gets tied up in the ropes like Andre the Giant used to do. And then Kane goes and retrieves his Jacob Goodnight chain from... With with the hook on it from uh, See No Evil. Evil. Yes. But before he can use his Jacob Goodnight chain, Kali cuts him off. He's going to use it and he's going to take his eye out. Kali rips up the top turnbuckle with one hand. Then Kane crotches Kali... With the hook, so he does get to use it, but he uses it for a ball shot. If you have a giant metal hook, this is the best use for it. I don't understand. Then, what was supposed to be a throwback to WrestleMania three, Hogan Andre, with the Hogan body slamming Andre, they try to recreate it with Kane body slamming the Great Khali, and nobody really noticed. It no. was The crowd was totally dead for this. Yeah. Not quite the same magnitude of Hogan slamming Andre as well, they've tried that They've tried recreating that time and time again. Luger and Yokozuna. Tw- Luger, Yokozuna. WrestleMania 20 with Cena and Big Show. You've had... Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times can you do this, really? It's a one moment. It's just one... It's a moment that you can never duplicate, and you need to just... Let it go. Yeah. It's just like the uh, Montreal Screwjob. I mean, how many Montreal Screwjob finishes have they done since... Survivor Series 97. It's yeah. Just let it go, guys. It's okay. Then Kali hits his two-handed choke slam thing. And then Kane. What a nice guy this guy is. He lets Kali cover him with one foot. No reaction as great Kali wins the match in 5 minutes 31 seconds. Yeah. This was a match that happened. That's pretty much all I can say about it. I thought it was an entertaining match. Very big man match. Kali gets the uh Kali gets the see no evil chain. And chokes Kane for his troubles after the match. Then we get a Divas all grown up ad. This is the one that's sort of disturbing because they have all these... At this time, the roster was just full of cover girls, basically. So now you have kids, little girls in makeup and sexualized costumes. Yeah. What's funny about this is they say they're not going to grow up and be labeled, but they're called Divas. (laughs) So that itself is a label. Like, you can keep your labels, we'll be Divas. Yeah. Keep your labels, but we'll label ourselves, basically. Another one of your favorites. Here's two offensive gimmicks. Eugene and Crime Time. Back together. In the backstage area. Eugene, who's supposed to be a Let, let's, mentally handicapped man. Okay. And Crime Time, who are two African Americans in a tag team called Crime Time. That still things. Yes. This what? is like two of the most offensive gimmicks just hanging out I backstage. Have, I have... A lot of people don't know. I have a miniature chihuahua that I got whose name Eugene. Wow. You knew this. I never made the connection, though. This is news to this me. This is that- why uh, he, when I got him, he was still very young, and his eyes rolled around his head, and he used to bump into things, and he could barely <laughs> stand up. Eugene was white hot, man. Eugene was... Oh, yeah. He's a hot gimmick for WWE at the time, especially for Raw, with Eric Bischoff and everything. And so, uh, so yeah, I put two and two together, and I named him Eugene, and I still have him to this day. <laughs> That's well, well, at least you didn't have... When you got your black cats, at least you didn't name them Crime Time. There you go. Now you're on to something. There are three women, three good-looking gals who are dancing with them. Can you name these women? Don't know who they are. Are they divas on the roster? They are. Who? They are. One of them is, uh, oh man, it's been a week and a half since I watched it, though. 
One of them. All the divas one look of them's pretty Kelly much Kelly. the same. One of them's Kelly Kelly. Okay. The other one's uh, Brooke Adams. Okay. Miss Te- Miss Testmacher in, in, in TNA. <laughs> okay. She's Miss Testmacher. Brooke Adams. The third is uh oh man she just retired. Uh, she was in um she was in that tag team that female tag team with um Michelle McCool. Uh, Layla or Layla, what? yeah. So those were the three women here. Those were the three was women this there. before they were actually, yes, superstars? Yes. Then okay. This is when they were the three like expose slash strippers for ECW. Okay. So Eugene and Crime Time are going to dance with these ladies, but Eugene says, "No, no, no! I'd rather dance with these two ladies who are Moolah and May Young." And that's some nasty. Oh God! That, that's and a- then Slick walks in. And says it's WrestleMania time, and then they start to dance. But then Dusty Rhodes walks in and says, let's dance some more. Then Jimmy Hart, IRS, and Sergeant Slaughter join in on this dance party. Then Gerald Briscoe, Mean Gene, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat join in. And then finally Ron Simmons walks in, says damn, leaves, and the rest of them keep dancing. This Other than fitting in all these cameos, there was th- this. There is was just... no need for this. <laughs> no, I'm not sure who's supposed to enjoy this. Other than I to... love how they started chanting, "The roof is on fire." Oh yeah, that's a throwback if there ever was one. Well, it's just funny to imagine that Dusty Rhodes would be cheering, "The roof is on fire." He doesn't know. No. Or Ricky the Dragon Steamboat would yeah. be in this dancing. Up next, we get MVP's clock ticking music. It hits, and it's time for MVP who busts out a paper like he's coming through the high school football line, and then he has cheerleaders with him. He gets a big WrestleMania entrance here. And Pyro. They paid a fortune for this guy, too. And I know. And then the crowd, they're totally dead. They don't care at all for MVP. I never really enjoyed his wrestling either. He's just boring. He's a lot like Ken Kennedy. He's somebody that they really wanted to succeed. But I'm sorry. And MVP's a nice guy. He is. He's a great guy. And I've worked shows with him. And, and he's boring. Uh, this, he's a boring wrestler. This match right here shows that I think how great of a wrestler MVP really is. Oh, no. This shows how great of a wrestler Chris Benoit is. Because MVP could not hang with them. I don't know, man. He hung pretty pretty close neck and neck with him through this match. Oh, no. Uh, it was, uh, but go on. As much as I think that they wanted MVP to succeed, the finish of this match tells me that they must have been cooling off on the idea of him because I would have had him win the title here. I was actually surprised when he didn't win the title here. Yeah. This is for the U.S. title. Chris Benoit will be facing him, and Chris Benoit's out next. But they start the match with rest holds. So right away, we've got to slow down. They do a lot of reversals and rest holds. It's supposed to show us that MVP can mat wrestle with Benoit, but he can't because that's why they're doing rest holds. You know, if they, it's not like when Angle and Benoit get in there and mat wrestle, they actually move around and keep, keep the pace yeah. going. And it just, MVP can't, it's not MVP's fault because it's just a guy that's on a completely different level and a different style. In yeah. the ring. This yeah. isn't a good showcase for MVP. Uh, they try a superplex, but we are denied a superplex because MVP gets to the outside of the ring. Benoit tried a superplex and MVP escapes. Benoit gets the triple Germans on MVP. Then MVP cuts off Chris Benoit climbing the turnbuckle. We thought he was going for a headbutt. But then MVP suplexes Chris Benoit. Rolls through a superplex and covers MVP for a two count. MVP starts to focus on Benoit's shoulder. And I'm not sure why, because why would he focus the shoulder? What move does he do that? He, uh, I thought his finisher was a. Uh, oh, that his finisher sucks. That his, whatever that thing is that 
he has a submission though that's one of his finishers too. Okay. This is when Cena was doing the FU and and he was also doing us that submission thing too. So and they were trying to build him around that. He's multi talented. He can submit you or make you you know pin. Go M- MVP lands a big boot but only gets a two count. Benoit tries a cross face but MVP fights out of it. MVP hits the ballin elbow and only gets a two count. Then Benoit hits double Germans to MVP before MVP fights out of the third. Benoit tries again for the triple Germans, and he does. He he hits it this time, and MVP takes a, a short trip to Suplex City. Benoit climbs a turnbuckle and hits the headbutt for the win in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. A very surprising result at the time because I thought that they had really invested in MVP. He got that huge entrance, yeah. and uh, he lost the match here. So I... Uh... And for Benoit, this is this is it for him at WrestleMania. And it's also, I mean, this is three years removed from him headlining it. And here he is mid-card with MVP. So Well, and it was just two months later, unfortunately, that his tragic passing. He would get demoted to ECW. And then, of course, that was, yeah, that was the end of his, that. Yeah, his tragic passing. But um, this match, I still think, and I'm going to make this argument till we end this pay-per-view uh, match of the night. Oh, no, no, no. Really? I can't go with you on that one. Sorry, buddy. Really? No, I just thought MVP was way too slow. Uh, not a, I didn't see enough from him in the ring. And it's not that... It's just a bad a bad matchup for him. Um, you can hide... People that aren't very good wrestlers, uh, aren't very good technical wrestlers, you can hide them. You can hide them with other wrestlers of the same caliber yeah i would hide him with someone like uh the sandman you know I, i'm just trying to think of bad technical wrestlers okay yeah that's a terrible matchup too because the sandman is terrible but <laughs> but when you put somebody in there who's just i mean benoit was on another level in the ring and and so that's why i thought the match didn't yeah there unfortunately there will never be another chris benoit and uh well we hope that there will never be another chris well benoit i'm talking about wrestling wise yeah I mean, it would be like putting like the like the Miz versus Daniel Bryan today. Like that wouldn't be a good ma- even though we want to see the match because they've been hyping it for so long. But the Miz is not a good wrestler. He's okay, but he's a WWE trained wrestler. You know, I'm I'm glad you actually brought that up. We'll take a pause here because this is one thing I don't understand, and maybe you can actually shed some light on this. From my side of it, why are they killing time with the Miz and? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. When the match, you're not going to get that match. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think they just stumbled into it because the Miz delivered that great promo on Talking Smack, and right. then they were like, "Wow, that got such a good reaction. I guess we should have these guys interact every once in a while." But it's just never. It's never going. But anywhere. you're never going to have a payoff. So right. I don't know. I okay. Don't, it's just strange. All right. Okay. Proceed yeah. with pay per view. I, I just, agree with you. <laughs> I like. I. I. Every time I see it or hear hear a comment about it, I'm like. Really, I don't know why, because you're not going to have a payoff on it. Okay, proceed. We get an Undertaker promo. He didn't grow up, though. They don't have, thankfully, they don't have a little kid in the hat and the gloves. He didn't grow up. He's he's just the Undertaker. They just yeah. highlight how great he is. We go backstage. President-elect Donald Trump is with Miss USA Tara Connor. Now, if you don't remember Tara Connor, or Tara Connor, not Sarah Connor from Terminator, Tara Connor in late 2006, Connor was the center of a public scandal. She was caught drinking underage, using cocaine, and kissing Miss Teen USA at a New York nightclub while she was Miss USA. Really? 
Yes. This so people wanted Donald Trump to strip her of the U.S. not strip her clothes off, but strip her of the Miss USA title. But Donald Trump allowed her to keep the title. And this is the origins of the Donald Trump Rosie O'Donnell feud. They started in this because Rosie O'Donnell brought up this story on the View. That's uh, that's the origin of that feud. But this is yes, this is who this woman is. So I didn't know who this was. I at first thought it was. Uh, I'll actually want to check on Sarah. What now? Tara Connor. T A R A. Tara Connor. I, I, when I saw this woman backstage, at first I thought it was Donald Trump's blonde daughter. That's what I thought. But no, this was. You Tara- completely lost me, like, because I really thought it was just, oh, it's I his thought daughter. it was Ivanka or whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, it's some other blonde woman. And so, but they don't explain that on the show. They yeah, know- no, I, I, I had no idea, really and truly. I didn't even know who this chick was. I thought it was just. So that's who that is, a brief detour. Well, that is quite entertaining and funny. I had no idea. It's it Well, it's just weird that she's there to begin with, like. Well, she walks the ring with him, I too. I know, I know. Like anyway, yeah, very odd. Donald takes a call, but then Boogeyman appears from behind the couch and scares Tara Connor off. Ridiculous! You know we've got a stadium outside, like almost a hundred thousand people. The place is packed. Vince McMahon doesn't get me a sandwich. I have no food. I have nothing to drink. I have our former Miss USA here, Tara, and she's got nothing. I mean, she's sitting here like a lump. It's ridiculous. What's going on? Donald had a fun. Hold on a second. E-I-E-I-O. I'm the boogeyman. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> you wouldn't believe this. Listen, if you're going to get me, you know what I want you to get? I want you to get me some food. I want you to get it now. I'm hungry. Got a lot of people out there. I'm going on soon. Get me some food, okay? I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. (laughs) Boy, what a place this is. What a total mess. I'll see you later. Who the hell are you? I love this spot. But Donald Trump, he's not scared of the boogeyman. So there you go. That was the entire segment. And he sends him to go get him some coffee. (laughs) Hell's the boogeyman. Quit eating your worms. Go get me some coffee. Oh, there you go. That shit was funny. Then we get highlights from the Hall of Fame. This year's class had the original Sheik, Mr. Fuji, Jim Ross, Nick Bockwinkle, Mr. Perfect, Jerry the King Lawler and Dusty Rhodes. So the Mac and Dream, Dusty Rhodes. They mentioned tonight's attendance, and Howard Finkel is there in the ring, and he gives the Hall of Fame entrance uh, their curtain call. Howard, and this was before somebody headlines the Hall of Fame, and they just all come out, basically. Howard is the only man to have been a part of every single WrestleMania. Well, other than Vince. But, I mean, actually, TV, on screen. Appears on camera in every single one. Every single... That's insane when you really think about it. We're going into WrestleMania 33. Well, the, I mean, just that long of a career in the company is rare. Yeah. And then to be at WrestleMania every single year. Yeah. I mean, even Pat Patterson was away from the company at one point. So yeah. this... Yeah, very impressive. Howard Finkel. I wish he was the day-to-day announcer. I still wish he... Yeah. Kudos to Howard. You can vote with AT&T Mobile and pick who will win in the Batista-Undertaker match. 82% pick The Undertaker. Oh. That's a good idea. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's stick with that. Smart money. 
Match promo airs highlighting Undertaker's big Rumble win. He is the Royal Rumble winner from this past year. And, and by the way, this is one good thing about the brand split, because if you don't win the Royal Rumble, you can still fight for a belt. Because Shawn Michaels gets to actually close this card, even though he didn't win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So that's one good thing that the brand split does. So then uh, Undertaker, it's funny, they sh- in this highlight, they show him contemplating challenging Lashley for the ECW belt. Could you imagine you worked through the Royal Rumble and you were like... I'm going to be ECW champion. Lashley, Undertaker. <laughs> ECW title match is like, that's your pick. Like, I wish someone had done it just because it would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious, yeah. The the sad part of it is... He I could have still, picked John Cena. We could have got that match this WrestleMania. Right. That, and I also, I still think the Royal Rumble winner needs to be in the main event. I don't think it matters. I don't think it really matters. It, it takes, uh, and it takes light off of... The accomplishment. Right. Well, I agree with that. But then you can't... If they did it your way, then they can't use it to elevate somebody. This is where, I mean, and believe it or not, match placement on a card is extremely important. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is, Patrick. In a lot of ways, because... And not a lot of people think that. They just think it's like thrown together like Eric Bischoff was back in the day. You know, match placement on a card is is very important but we have uh, since this is a smackdown title match teddy long holla holla is going to introduce the champ batista who is out first Uh uh-oh bad sign right there he goes in poses on the ramps get its machine gun arms going get some pyro i hate batista he's all right i think this is one of his better matches oh taker carried him I, i don't think so I think it was it was pretty 50-50 here. Undertaker gets his druids out for this entrance. They're carrying torches. We get the standard pyro music. Undertaker emerges from the darkness. He takes a long time to walk to the ring. A, a super long, not his raw episode one entrance of four steps. This took three or four minutes, I'd well, say. This was a long ramp to begin with, first of all. That's a long way to the ring. And then in his slow, agonizing, sudden... Death, walk, it took forever, man. Yeah, I say, I do make a note here, yes, the winner of the Rumble gets the mid-card main event, is what See? he gets. Yeah. Thank you. It wasn't just me thinking it. Well, he battles through 29 other people, you know. You or, should be in the main event. That's what I... You should tell him where you want your match. Maybe you wanted it at the start of the night. Like at WrestleMania 27, we saw Edge and uh, Del Rio. They got their match right out of the that way. That is true. They and did. just move along. Was he the Rumble winner that year? I don't remember. But a title match did kick yes, off the show. Yes, he sh- was the Rumble match winner. He won the year we went to the Rumble. So he won. Uh, so Cena won that year because he was in the match with The Miz. Oh, Del Rio was the winner. Del Rio. Del Rio. Del Rio wins, jerks the curtain, and loses. Yeah. Wow. Del Rio won. That's when he won the 40-man. Oh, wow. Royal Rumble. Good, nice reward. Yeah. But I think they would have booked that match differently had Edge not told them he was going to retire soon or whatever, said it was the last one. Yeah. Anyway, Batista spears Taker to start the match and follows up with strikes, but Taker fights back. He eventually gets cut off by Batista, who clotheslines him to the floor. They fight around the barricade. Charles Robinson gives them a very fair 10 count, and Taker gets thrown into the stairs. Batista's smart, though. He rolls in to break the count. He actually pays... He's a wrestler that pays attention to the count. And also, rolling into the ring gives him a nice chance to catch his breath. So, Taker recovers and goes back into the ring. Batista climbs onto the top turnbuckle and hits a shoulder block off the top rope onto Undertaker. 
Undertaker hits Batista with old school and follows it up with a choke slam attempt, which is broken up by Batista. Undertaker hits his signature leg drop on the ring apron to Batista. Then he does his suicide dive, which Batista actually catches him perfectly. He doesn't go headfirst into the mat like a couple of years later. Yeah. Batista whips Taker into Lillian Garcia in the timekeeper's area, but he's good to break the count. He's always remembering this count, so... He goes in there and lays down for a second and comes back to see what Taker's up to. Batista clears off the ECW and Raw announce tables. I said it sucks that JR and Lawler couldn't call this match, but so they should have actually broken their table instead. But it was nice of Batista to clear off two tables, even though they didn't use both tables. Batista power slams Taker through the ECW tape. Then Batista rolls into the ring. Uh, Batista rolls Taker into the ring and only gets a two count. I said, why wouldn't he just take the count out win? He'd already thrown Taker through the table. Just roll in and get the count out win. He didn't want to win that way. But why? <laughs> He's the bad guy, right? No, you had two babies in this I, match. I thought he was the bad the, the crowd treated him like a bad guy. Because nobody likes Batista. <laughs> Batista hits a belly-to-belly for a two-count on Undertaker. Then we get the last ride, which Batista kicks out of it, too. <laughs> then Batista hits an Arn Anderson spinebuster on The Undertaker. And then calls for the Batista bomb with the old thumbs down. But he never hits it because Taker counters with a choke slam, which Batista kicks out of it too. Batista bomb only gets a two count. This was before kicking out of finishers was so common. He tries a second Batista bomb, but Taker counters it. Batista tries snake eyes on the Undertaker. Batista has the Undertaker up for snake eyes, but Taker pops out and tombstones Batista in the center of the ring. And Taker improves his streak to 15 and 0, 15 minutes and 51 seconds. So a minute for every Undertaker win. And he also is the new world heavyweight champion. So what'd you think here? I, think, I thought this was a great match. I think Undertaker carried him. Oh no. I thought this was actually the start of Undertaker having really great WrestleMania matches. Oh, I mean, well, I don't know, dude. He had some good ones before. Oh, there were some stinkers in there though. I thought him and Rick were pretty good at, at WrestleMania 18. Yeah, but I there was yeah, and he was good with Hunter at 17. He was good with, at 17. There's been some bad ones in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, him and, what was it, him and King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 11 was kind of crap. He fought King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 11? Yeah, you don't know that? <laughs> I'm, I've am i lost track of who he's... It was, uh, but yeah, it was that and... and uh, I thought this was match of the night, actually. See, man, I gotta go back to... Uh, MVP and Benoit, wow. That's, yeah, man. Well, you just won't pick Cena and Michaels because Cena wins the match. That's the only reason you won't pick it. If Shawn Michaels had won that match, you would have said, <laughs> I would have been all oh my goodness, match. this is the greatest moment. I would have been, you're right, you're right. We go back. Well, we get a we get a Bobby Lashley all grown up promo. Right. Little baby Bobby Lashley. Baby Lashley. And then, uh, yes, here comes Vince McMahon in a bad comedy segment in the backstage area. This, this was... This <laughs> but it's funnier when you actually say this. The, the the joke out loud. It makes me laugh now because of how bad it is. <laughs> but he, you know, that's not how he intends it to be. You know, you know, though, all wrestling fans are going to be making this joke for the next at least four years. Just I mean. oh, well, I'm, this is something that I'm sure. I'm sure Donald J. Trump has had to endear this joke his entire <laughs> life. Like, in his whatever prep school and college he went to, I'm sure people have always said this to him. <laughs> and he always thought, that's stupid. Don't ever say that. But here's his best friend, Vince McMahon, his best <laughs> bud, doing the same oh shit, because Lord. here we go. Vince McMahon is talking to himself in a mirror. Yeah. 
handsome son of a bitch. Hi, Pop. <laughs> Steph. Wish you luck in your match tonight. <laughs> well, what do we have here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you two goodness peeping? Bring my granddaughter in here like this. Huh? What? No, you just leave her right here. I want some good luck and maybe she can give it to me. Okay, relax. Okay? Coo, 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 coo. You do a you go, go, go. Wash my hands. <laughs> you came to see Grandpa, huh? Yeah, you came to see Grandpa beat up Donald Trump. That's just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that for you. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna bash Donald Trump's head in. That's what I'm gonna do, yeah. And the other thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a skull fracture, how's that, huh? You'd like Bob's to do that, give a skull fracture? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Easy I'm gonna bloody him up, okay? I'm gonna bloody him up big time. Then I'm gonna shave his head bald. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it out by the roots and be like, get up, get up, You smell what I smell. Smell. She just took a trump. And he's calling himself, oh, you handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> Which is funny, but that part I don't think was scripted. I think that's what Vince McMahon. You does. really need to splice like this whole promo in. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> going back and pulling the clips. It's hard to find the placement, but this is right after the Undertaker match, so this sh- this should be easy. So yes, he's t- he's in the mirror. He's oh, you handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> and then Stephanie McMahon, who gets a cameo, so I guess she gets paid for an appearance for this show. She uh, she had just given birth to. Her first child at this yes, point. Yes, she rolls in. It might not have been her first. It might have been her second or third by by then. Stephanie rolls in a stroller, yeah. and Vince is pissed off. She brought. What do you bring a baby in here for? So then Vince turns to the stroller, which turns into our POV. They, we are now the camera is in the stroller, and we're looking face to face with Vince McMahon, and he starts doing baby talk. He's like, "Goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga," <laughs> and so he tells the baby he's going to bash Donald Trump's head in, and he's going to give him a skull frack. He gets really serious <laughs> with this baby, but then, then we go back to the two shot of Vince and Stephanie. Oh, you see Stephanie trying to calm him down. Yeah, Stephanie's like, "Oh, Dad, you you talk to the baby that way. How dare you?" Yeah, she doesn't say all that, but yeah. that's what she says. <laughs> and then. Vince takes a big whiff of the air and makes his Vince McMahon face, and he says, Stephanie, do you smell what I smell? And the camera gets real tight on Vince's face, and he's, he says, Ah, oh, it's the baby took the baby took a trump. <laughs> and there you go. Ha ha ha. There you go. That was Vince's big comedy segment that he probably pissed himself laughing about how funny it would be, and there you go. You know, we've had really, we've had really bad Vince McMahon comedy segments. Okay. Oh yeah, through the years. Through the years. Uh, the one that comes to my mind is the colonoscopy with Jr. Jr. That was just bad all the way around. This <laughs> the was baby takes a fucking Trump. hilarious. <laughs> 
This shit was priceless. No, it's hilarious now looking back at it because it's it's just a stupid thing. It didn't get it wouldn't get me to laugh if someone said like trying to be funny if someone said that to me. If yeah. if like someone if someone at work was just like, "Huh, you took a trump over there on that, didn't you?" <laughs> ha ha ha. That's it's just not funny, but it's yeah. it's just funny cuz he thinks it's funny that this man this man has a billion dollars and he yeah. thinks this is funny. Yeah. Just stupid shit. Oh, man. Now, uh, oh, talk about match placement. It's time for the ECW match. Here we go. The Originals versus the New Breed. Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, RVD, and Sandman will battle Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon, Matt Stryker, and Kevin Thorne. Okay. Now, let's spend a second here. Kevin Thorne didn't pan out as well as ECW, or as well as WWE thought he would as being the next version of The Undertaker. Right, originally he was uh what was his character's name? Uh with the he wore all the white. Oh, remember he originally debuted on SmackDown in all white with a white hat. Yeah. And he was Mordecai. Mordecai. That was his first character. Yeah. And so they wanted to, yeah, pair him up with the Undertaker. He flamed out. They brought him back in ECW as a vampire. So Gangrel number two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it never worked. Well, none of these guys really ever worked out for the company. Well, you had Matt Stryker, who actually was at one point in time got in trouble for skipping. He was a high school teacher, right? He got fired for uh, skipping classes for skipping to go classes do indie shows. To go do indie shows, and uh, that was all over publicity at that point in time. Which I still say, publicity, whether it's good or bad, is 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 all good for, especially when it comes to the wrestling business. Um, Elijah Burke who went on to become the Pope. The Black Pope. The Black Pope, D'Angelo De Niro. And uh, Elijah Burke's a really good wrestler. Mm. Very underrated. He's fine. But uh, Marcus Corvon um, started off as Monty Brown in TNA. Uh, He would retire later in 2007. Did he? I I was going to ask you, because I loved Monty Brown. I thought he was, I mean, explosive. Reminded me of Bobby Lashley, but explosive, you know, Goldberg kind of style as well that, you know, I, I enjoyed watching him. But I didn't know what ever happened to him, really and truly. He had to leave. He's, he he left WWE for some sort of personal matter and then just retired, and that was the end of hasn't been, doesn't do indies, doesn't. He's out there somewhere, but yeah, just retired later in 2007. That's so crazy. This is his one WrestleMania moment here. I and guess maybe he He does. had the look and he had the talent. He could have gone far in wrestling. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm not too familiar with his work, uh, but yeah. Very strange. Yeah. And it's strange that uh, two two future commentators there, Black Pope and uh, Matt Stryker, are on the new breeds. They were the new breed, and they ended up being... I mean, the entire new breed was pretty much out of wrestling, and these ECW originals are still out there on the indie circuit today. So I guess that's a a difference in generations there. So So here we go. The originals, they walk in from the crowd. They don't need an entrance. And uh, Sabu is going to start with Matt Stryker. He does a lot of his high-flying leg drops. The Sandman's one spot in the match. He does a huge top rope leg drop on Matt Stryker. Sandman going through the air. The new breed take turns beating the shit out of Tommy Dreamer. Tommy gets the sell for the new breed for a little while. 
This is not an elimination tag. It's it's one fall, so whoever gets pinned is out. Dreamer hits a DDT neckbreaker combination on Marcus. On oh, he hits a DDT and neckbreaker on Marcus Corvon and Elijah Burke at the same time. So there you go, Tommy Dreamer. RVD waits forever to get the hot tag. He gets it. He tries a five star frog splash on Striker, but he has to change midair and kick Kevin Thorne, who was coming to cut him off. Time for the finish. Time to go home already. So we get the parade of spots. Everybody is doing their their big spot here. Sabu lands on his neck on a suicide dive that he did to Marcus Corvon outside the ring. That was ugly. Yeah, one of many nasty landings for Sabu in his career. Tommy hits his DDT on Matt Stryker. Sandman clotheslines Eliza Burke out of the ring. Then RVD hits the five-star frog splash on Matt Stryker. And RVD improves his undefeated streak at WrestleMania. In 7 minutes and 27 seconds, the originals outdo the new breed, who luckily CM Punk did not have to be a part of. They teased that CM Punk was going to be a part of this group, and then he left the group, and that was the wisest decision CM Punk made. And the WrestleMania 24 will be in Orlando next year. Hey, it's sort of like this year, where we're going to Orlando next year. It's time for the Battle of the Billionaires, the real main event, even though it's not the... Last match, but this was the most promoted match yeah. on the card. No offense to to Taker winning the Royal Rumble. Or Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Shawn Michaels, but this literally should have been the last match on the card. I agree. I mean, especially because of it's... There was so much hype. Non-wrestling fans were watching to see whether or not this was actually going to take place. Well, I don't think there was ever any question that... Vince would be losing because it was a hair versus hair match, and Donald Trump will not be shaving his head for anybody. If they didn't put that stipulation in there, if there was some other stipulation, I would have gone into it with a thought that maybe this could go a different direction. Yeah. But I knew Donald Trump's not cutting his hair. You actually thought there was some possibility? I did. Well, they sold you. I mean, you got to think about it. He's walking into WWE territory, a WWE show. Vince can very easily say, hell no. and They just hold him down. They hold him down. Will. Yeah. He would sue the shit out of them. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it would have been pretty funny. See? <laughs> went into business for themselves and shaved Donald Trump's head. So before we get the match, we go to celebrities weigh in on this match. John Elway, Travolta, Jewel, and The Rock all pick Donald Trump to beat Vince McMahon. The Rock. What a what an ungrateful bastard The Rock is. <laughs> so here we well, go. See, we should have had Vince actually say that on camera. <laughs> yeah, he should have reacted to these celebrities and yeah. just cut promos on each of them. This all started when Donald Trump demanded that Vince just give the audience money. I guess this was following McMahon's millions. And Donald Trump was, you know, he's the real Billy. He's the generous guy. And Vince is just keeping all the money. So they would rain money down in these arenas, mostly dollar bills, but there was a couple hundreds that people were strategically would have on camera. So there you go. It's all about, and also Vince McMahon's claims that he invented the you're fired thing and that Donald Trump stole it and used it on The Apprentice. So he stole his tagline. That, that Vince McMahon thinks he was the first person to ever say you're fired. To use it as a catchphrase? Yes. I can see that, actually, believe it or not. Because to use it as a catchphrase, I think Vince was. But I mean, So you give his claim some validity, see? I, believe it or not, I do, because he was doing it back in, right before The Apprentice ever came oh, on. Oh, way before, yeah. So, It's a hair versus hair match, so the first entrant 
the first entrance of this match is for an empty barber's chair that comes rolling out to the ring I was by itself. Ask you about this. And by the way, Brutus Beefcake should have been sitting on this barber's Holy chair. Holy shit, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, the barber of WWE should have been there to do. Instead, it's the just haircut. an empty chair coming to the ring. I was thinking the exact same thing. Ed Leslie would have loved the money here. This would have been a great Christmas present. Well, it was in April, so it wouldn't have been a Christmas present, but it would have been a nice thing to do for Ed Leslie. Yeah. I mean, th- this is his gimmick. Yeah. Once again. He got screwed. Yeah, yeah. he got screwed. So this, this would have been the highlight of his entire career if he could have been a part of it, believe it or not. The bar- it's a nice barber's chair, by the way. It's, it's a pr- nice setup, man. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it comes out to the ring by itself. It's pretty impressive. Then Vince McMahon comes out doing his Vince walk. He's very happy to be here. He's followed by Umaga and Armando Estrada, Umaga's manager. I had oh, forgotten all about Estrada. Yeah, yeah. He was. I thought he was a pretty good manager. Yeah, actually. I did too. Oh, by the way, Umaga's the Intercontinental uh, Champion, so the IC belt is wasted here on this pay-per-view. Trump is out next. He comes out to the uh, Money in the Bank song that they use now. Yeah. He's out with Tara Connor, and it was also, before it was the Money in the Bank song, it was the uh, McMahon Millions theme yeah. song. So there you go. That's that's his theme. Money rains down from the sky, and a couple of women show to the, the cameras $100 bills. But it's odd because all I saw falling from the sky were dollar bills. So there you go. Little tricks. Tricks of the trade. Just camera ploy. What's funny is Donald, when he gets out there, he checks out the barber's chair. He inspects it, and he gives it the okay symbol. Like, yes, this this chair will do. Well, I love Vince because he acts like he's ripping it, his head off. Like, Oh, he, he mimes. He mimes this, he's ripping, in the chair. He mimes ripping a head off and shaving his head, and he's all, like, showing his muscles, and it's just it's hilarious. Lashley is out next. Lashley's song sucks, too. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin. But He's the referee. I wonder if he'll be fair and balanced, Patrick. Absolutely will be. But, like you said, the Intercontinental title, the ECW title. Both wasted. Both wasted. Now, Austin, he does wear a ref shirt, Patrick. He does bother to put on a ref. Unlike Bret Hart at Starcade 97, who didn't bother even putting on the ref shirt. Yeah. Austin's committed, but he does cut off the sleeves. So, that should have been your look as a ref. You should have been the wife beater ref shirt guy. You've got to incorporate that, and in. you got to show off the guns. So, I don't know, man. But he does wear jeans. I might make too. a lot of people jealous. No, he wears black pants. He even wears the black pants. Yeah. I can't believe, I guess, they must have paid Austin extra for that. I, I, got, I, can't, I can't embarrass too many people with these, with these guns. You, you know? don't want the wrestlers to be embarrassed. Exactly. Umaga and Lashley exchange strikes. Austin has to pull Lashley off of Umaga. See, so he is being fair. You he know? wasn't breaking for five. Got, yeah, and, and he's got to open those fists up. And we weren't doing a DQ, so he pulls him off. He gets physical. Lashley shoulder tackles Umaga from the top rope. Then Estrada saves him from a pinfall by putting Umaga's foot on the ropes. Lashley hits a running power slam on Estrada, so he's done for the night. Umaga charges at Lashley, who pulls the rope down, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is terrible. This is why Umaga is no longer with us, I'm afraid. Holy shit. So he, Umaga charges at Lashley, who does the old pull the ropes down. Now, usually that means that the guy still, you still grab the ropes, you right? Grab you the still rope. want to go down gently over. You grab the rope to help you land. But Umaga does a complete front flip and flat backs, disgusting, thud. On the concrete. 
on the mats. Well, but, there wasn't. I mean, there's really, truly, there's not. No, there's mats. As somebody who's fallen down accidentally on their back, I can't believe this man was able to continue this match. No, yeah. Even even but, though he did it, per- I mean, he took he, a flat he, back yeah, perfectly. He flat backed it perfect. But that was a scary fucking moment because I went back and watched it again. And I was like, holy shit. Because he rotated split last second. He just he ducked his chin and rolled with it last second or he would have broke his neck. But just the weight of this man going from not even break. Like, he didn't break the fall by grabbing the ropes. Like, he yeah. just took it full fucking yeah. speed. Yeah. Splat to the ground. Like It was impressive. It's impressive, but sadly, like that's an addiction to painkillers right yeah, there. Yeah. And I I'm sure I kept trying to think like why did he do this? Like yeah. but you gotta think, you're in a, your boss is right there. Like at like you're in I can't imagine the pressure. Like my boss at my jobs sometimes comes in and watches what I'm doing for a second, but then he leaves. Imagine yeah. if he was there your entire work day, right over your shoulder. Yeah. Or in this match, like this is like the most important match on WrestleMania, and well, he's right there. There was so much riding on this match, believe it or not, when you really think about it. There was a guaranteed, public guarantee, somebody was getting their head shaved. Vince or, or Donald Trump. And the fact that something very easily could have happened to Bobby Lashley... Oh, that's true. I've never thought about Donald that. Donald Trump like, could have. I mean, Lashley, imagine if Lashley, like, yeah, got like Shane McMahon at Survivor Series got hurt and, or something like that. And sorry, yeah, there's no walking away from this here. Like, you guaranteed that's give your that's give everybody their money back or else. Like, yeah. So yeah, I, but I can't. I can't. I don't understand why this man took this bump. This is worse it was than sick. it was a sick bump. This to me is worse than some like I this is just one of the worst things I've ever seen in, yeah. in pro res. This is worse than a straight to the head chair shot, I think. Because yeah. I mean he you're looking at he was going I mean, he was hauling ass too. He was going Oh yeah. Good. That's a, this is an addiction of painkillers. I mean, yeah. this is the rest of I mean the rest of Umaga's days. I mean, this is not it's just scary. It's really yeah. like that shouldn't ever that should never happen. That's that's like something people would do in the indies, like accidentally, not like yeah. like someone does that in training, you know. But not, ugh, man. So anyway, well, just think about it like this. I can't believe he, and then he got right back up. Yeah, you know, think the refs didn't even check. Think on about him. it right here. Had he gotten hurt? Yeah. Well, the match, it, the outcome would have been the same, but then, but just, I mean, what I'm saying is, think about this here. There's a lot that can go wrong in a wrestling match. Yeah. And when you're guaranteeing, no bullshit, guarantee either Vince or Donald are going to have their head shaved bald. If I was Donald Trump, I'd been sweating it. Well, Donald Trump's representative was Lashley, so it doesn't matter. Maga couldn't you're missing my point. Lashley could have very easily broken his neck because he took this bump right after. Well, no, 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 no. No, he took. The idea was that he took the same thing, but it was no way. It's not in the same universe as the bump that Umaga no, took. It's not, but because I'm just, he he grabbed the ropes. I know, but I'm saying, say he didn't rotate enough and he broke his neck, or say he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a cluster waiting to happen. When you guarantee something like that, it's sorry. You know, get in here. We gotta shave your head. In fact, Lashley goes through the middle rope when yeah. they do it. He doesn't even go over the top. So, anyway, yes, I, I, I can't believe that Umaga stood up, <laughs> got back in the ring, oh, continued yeah, this either. match. And then, uh, yeah, he 
he does, he returns the favor to Lashley, who was charging at him, but Lashley just goes through the middle rope, but still braces his fall, and uh, so that's supposed to be the equal. They was not equal. Yeah, it wasn't even no. close. Umaga hits a simple splash for a two count. Donald Trump is overheard on the camera saying, "Come on, Bobby, come on." Austin has to restrain Umaga, who won't listen to the five count to break chokes. He was choking Lashley and Austin. Had to pull him off because he wouldn't listen. Umaga hits the Samoan drop on Lashley. Lashley tries to slam, but the weight of Umaga makes Umaga fall back onto him. So now Lashley, who had no trouble picking him up early, is starting to wear on him. He can't pick him up so easily. Umaga hits a flatliner to Bobby Lashley. Trump says, shake it off, Bobby. Shake it off, Bobby. So Lashley does shake it off and then hits a big clothesline of his own. Neither man can make the 10 count. But Austin, he saves us. He won't count to 10. And no double countouts here, Patrick. But then Shane McMahon runs out. And he needs to check on his dad. Just seeing how he's doing, I guess. Or is this... Had Trump already he jumped attacked? ahead. He jumped ahead. Vince McMahon gets in the way of Austin. Uh-huh. Austin gets pissed off and is giving Vince the riot act. And out of nowhere, you get a clothesline... From president-elect Donald Trump. Yeah, I guess I missed that note. Yes, Donald Trump clothesline Vince McMahon. And then proceeds to give him the weakest punches I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, the rabbit punches, yeah. They are so weak. They're terrible. Well, he didn't want to punch his friend. So then, yes, Shane McMahon runs out to check on his dad. Umaga chokes Lashley in the corner, but Austin has to restrain him again. Shane tries to run in. While he's doing that, Umaga hits Austin with the Samoan spike, so now Austin's out of there. Now Shane McMahon is in the ring and starts hitting punches, his little shake, rattle, and roll punches to uh, Bobby Lashley. Or his, which way did he go? I don't know. The Shane O'Shuffle, I guess. Yeah. He hits the Shane O'Shuffle punches to Lashley, and so now Umaga and Shane are double-teaming him. Vince says, Do the coast-to-coast! Do it. And so he hands him a garbage can. Shane points at Donald and says, watch this. And Shane hits the coast to coast on Bobby Lashley, but the camera cut away. So, But he did make it. So I don't know why the camera, they has they cut away for the landing. That was bad camera work. Yeah, He was going to make it. He's, yeah. So he, he did make it and hit the coast to coast on Lashley. Then Shane takes off his shirt and reveals he has a ref shirt on. Oh. I guess... Donald Trump didn't read the contract of this match because they have a second referee here. He drags Lashley to the middle of the ring so Umaga can come off the top of the rope with a splash. Shane counts to two, but Austin grabs the foot of Shane, throws him into the steps. Austin gets cut by a strike from Umaga, so now Austin is bleeding a bit. Oh no, this is where he clotheslines him. Donald Trump says, what's going on over there? And he walks over, clotheslines Vince McMahon, and delivers this, the lightest strikes in the world to Vince. We get a stunner for Umaga. Lashley hits a spear and gets the win in 13 minutes. Then we we go and retrieve Vince McMahon and we sit him in the chair and we cut his hair, which takes a lot of time here. They I love though when Lashley shows him the mirror, the mirror, yes, and he rocks and he's rocking to try to flip out of the chair. But the damn barber chair is so heavy on the bottom half it won't flip over. So camera picks up him looking at Vince saying, help me out, and it flips him out of the chair. Uh, I didn't notice that. You didn't notice that? Yeah, it's hilarious. Because you see Austin then actually flip the chair over to help him out. It, it was funny. 
So then after they cut his hair, they he covers his head in shame and is whisked away with Shane O'Mac and the rest of the crew, Umaga and everybody. The the important part of this is is and I've seen it happen in indie shows where guys are like Oh, I'm gonna put my career on the line. I'll never wrestle at this show again. And then something goes crazy, and they get hurt, and that's the end of the match. And you guaranteed. Like, well, but those guarantees in wrestling. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying, little things like that. So if you're guaranteeing somebody's getting their head shaved, and Lashley, there was a lot of pressure. You talk about the pressure on Umaga. There was a lot of pressure on Bobby Lashley. Don't get hurt. Don't screw up. Because if so, then I am going to have to shave Donald Trump's head, and we're going to be in some deep, deep shit. Well, you just wouldn't have gotten a payoff. And like you said, they would have had to refund people's money. They're under no circumstances, Patrick, is Donald Trump getting his hair cut. He wouldn't care what happened in the match. They'd just have to not deliver on it. They'd have to have some weird finish. Like, Donald Trump would have to get whisked. Like, someone would, a wrestler would come down and, and whisk Donald Trump away. All right. No payoff. All Boo. Right. I need my money back. Yeah. So then, after the match, Austin, he does his beer bash. He hands <laughs> Donald Trump a beer who doesn't drink, so he threw the beer away in disgust. And then when Austin realized that he threw the beer away, he said, you know what? Fuck you, pal. <laughs> and he stuns the... <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin stuns the 45th president of the United States <laughs> and walks away. I but, cannot believe we're saying this. Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin hits a stunner on the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> who does an appropriately bad job of selling it, but still does a better job, I dare say, than the original stunner that Vince took back in the late 90s, who did the complete flip over Austin's shoulder. <laughs> I cannot believe we're saying Donald that. Trump, yes, took a stunner, laid down for a minute, and then got he was got back right, up. On he his, was back up before Austin hit got the ramp. Up the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. You see Bobby Lashley's telling like, no, stay down, stay down. Yeah, yeah Lashley. Oh shit! I can I, I love hearing that. And a popular GIF on the internet was invented, and now you see it all the time. You see this stunner. Yeah, like we said the last time, like you know. Just going back through history, like, oh, you know, Abe Lincoln delivers the Gettysburg Address, and then he takes... Right after he delivered the Gettysburg Address, he took an RKO out of nowhere, and Abe Lincoln was sidelined for the rest of the year. Like, I, it's just... It's nuts, man. It's my... It just... It melts my brain. <laughs> See? Thank you. Just, this is mine, too. I don't do drugs, but for stoners out there to think about... Like, wrestling fan stoners... <laughs> that would freak some people out. Like, how do you, how can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, just, it's just nuts, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin hit a stunner on the 45th president. Soon of to the be East. the most powerful man in the world, <laughs> by some acclaim. North Korea and Russia and everywhere, they're thinking, how can we take down America? They could just pull up WrestleMania 23 and realize that this man, or, we'll, all you'd have to do is take a Stone Cold stunner to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah we'll, just, call, we'll call Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, now he's a consultant for ISIS, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he's a he could be charged now. He could be charged now for, yeah. The Secret Service isn't going to let Stone Cold Steve Austin anywhere near this man now, but... <laughs> 
nuts. So what did you think of the match? Uh, it was entertaining. As uh, I mean, it was entertaining as hell. For what it was, yes. For what it was, know. it was great. There really wasn't much of technical wrestling skills <laughs> displayed, but man, really giving the rub to uh, Bobby Lashley here. Yeah. That never panned out, but... He's well, just too nice of a guy to be a beast. Bobby you know? Lashley, yeah. Yeah, he even he just doesn't have the look. Even of, now, even yeah. with him doing pride fighting, it's uh you know and and TNA both. And Bobby Lashley, he's a, he's a he's great just guy. not a con, not a convincing heel. He's so a great guy, he couldn't be so. the he couldn't be a Brock Lesnar. No. So now we get the highlights of our dark match with Ric Flair that we. We didn't get to see Ric Flair wrestle. We got to see Donald Trump take a stunner, but not Ric Flair wrestle on a wrestling show. Let that one sink in for a while. <laughs> now no, it's, no, let this sink in for a little bit. The president of the United States is a WWE Hall of Famer. And he bumped Ric Flair from the card. And he bumped Ric Flair from the card. <laughs> really let that simmer there for a second. Yeah, believe me, it has been. <laughs> It has been for quite some time. And it will be for the next four years. Every time I I turn on CNN or whatever, you know, anytime I see a story, I'm like, oh, man, WrestleMania 23. <laughs> now we get our piss break match for the night, the Lumberjill match for the Div- – It's no, it's a Lumberjill match for the women's title. Playboy cover girl Ashley Massaro is going to take on Molina. Ashley sucks as a wrestler. She – this is why you can't train models to be wrestlers. It takes years to get them. To, this is why Eva Marie isn't a good wrestler. You know, it takes years. You can't just take a girl See, off I, the I thought, street. I, I thought Ashley was a good wrestler. Really? Oh, gosh. But uh, Melina does a very bad. So the match starts. It's a lumberjill match. So all the divas are on the outside. They would do nothing in this match, by the way. The women, the women, I don't think got thrown outside. This was a payoff just for all the divas. Yeah, it's a payday. Yeah. No. This is. I only have a few mat, uh, notes. I only have like two or three notes from the match. At one point, Melina does a very bad Cesaro swing, and she can only swing Ashley around like two and a half times before <laughs> she drops her. Melina bridges Ashley three count, and that's it. That's all there is to it. This match took three minutes and forty seconds. Wow. The divas file in. And everybody brawls, and there you have it. Well, Melina gets away with the belt before the Divas fall in. They're all apparently against her, because they don't attack Ashley. They just stand in the ring. All right, now the main event. This is one I I knew that this is one of my few memories from this pay-per-view. This is why I thought I watched it with you, because I remember definitely debating who would win this match, and I told you, oh, Cena's definitely going to win here. And you're messing out with, no, Shawn Michaels. Shawn, no. They're not going to let Mr. WrestleMania lose to Cena. Yeah. I was I really believed to my core Shawn Michaels was winning this match. We get a Shawn Michaels all grown up promo. I think he's been all grown up for quite some time. Eighteen T users voted Patrick, and they pro- they told you fifty nine percent of them picked John Cena to win this match. Yeah, you you must have not voted enough. I didn't. We get some acoustic guitar music to highlights of Cena and HBK's feud. They were tag team champs at the time, too. Oh, they did that, yeah. I hate it when they do that. When they put the two guys in the feud, say, go win the belts. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the tag team title's not used on this show either. Just leave all these belts at home, guys. Why even bring them? Sean is out to his DX theme, which I would have rather heard Sexy Boy, but whatever. Yeah. This is during the DX t-shirt reunion, basically. 
Hunter is injured. That's why he's not on this card. Because originally it would have been Cena and Triple H here, probably. Okay. HBK's out to his DX theme, then Cena. I love this. Because it's at Ford Field. What does John Cena need to this get to was, the no, arena? Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Hang on. This was a badass entrance. Since this is at Ford Field, what vehicle does John Cena need to get to the arena? He needs a Ford Mustang. A Shelby GT500 Ford Mustang. So apparently they had closed these city streets off and pre-taped this thing. And yes, this this car, Cena hops in his Mustang and does stuntman drive. The part up until the car drives in was all taped. It was pre-taped. Well, yeah, because they'd have to edit it together. They couldn't just have str- they couldn't just close the streets in the middle of the day on WrestleMania Sunday. It's the middle of the night, and they're closed off for no. Man, re- streets around the around the uh, the arena is always closed off. It was taped because they couldn't have it live. Because what if something went wrong? Okay, so where did they splice it in at? They splice it in when the arena when the car drives in. Everything up until that. You're point. watching that go all the way to where he hits that that screen from back to front, right? No, that's where that's where it comes in. That's where it's live at when he drives. The very last part of it is live. Oh, okay. All right. Like all the all the turns and stuff, all the like burnout stuff. Yeah. They couldn't do that live because what if the stunt driver didn't hit? You know. What if the stunt driver crashed, number one? But number two, what if the stunt driver just did a really shitty, like, couldn't pull it off and, like, made it look like ass? So yeah. that's why you tape it to get the best takes. Yeah. But if they fooled you, hey, they did a good job. Well, they right. really fooled me, actually, because I was trying to figure out. I was either thinking they swapped right before they crashed through, right before they came down the tunnel, they swapped drivers, or John Cena's one hell of a fucking driver. And I didn't believe that. So <laughs> he does. He does love cars, though. He's a big. Car yeah, he guy. is a big car guy. Cena speeds into Ford Field in his Mustang and and steals Stone Cold Steve Austin's bit. Speeds his car through the glass, which that would have sent shards of glass flying throughout the fans right there. Well, that's why. I mean, it was gimmicked glass. It was gimmicked glass. Yeah. Okay. It actually would have done tremendous damage to the car if it was real glass. There's some MythBusters episodes where they. Really? Show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass is a lot stronger than people give it credit for. Cena gets out of the car, and there is booze for Cena because, not because Cena's like, not now where we just boo Cena for fun, but because, I mean, it's Shawn Michaels. I mean, yeah. We legitimately hate John Cena right now because Shawn's going to win that title. Yeah. HBK, he, he got him a good fake tan for this show because he is <laughs> glowing orange. <laughs> they step forward and exchange words. Before the match starts, and as soon as the bell rings, HBK chops the shit out of Cena. <laughs> Cena tries to punch Michaels, but Michaels dodges his punches. Then we get a long rest hold from Sean. We get some shoulder tackles and the Thez press and punches that Sean does, which looks almost as bad as Donald Trump's. HBK hip tosses John out of the ring. Then Springboard Moonsault hits John Cena. Then Cena is selling his knee, so his knee's bad. He's got to work on one leg. And Shawn Michaels is going to work on that leg for the rest of the match. You Can't See Me gets a two count. Then we see uh, HBK tries Sweet Chin Music, but Cena clotheslines him before he can connect. Cena tries the FU, but Michaels rolls him up for a two count. Cena hits the FU, which we think, oh, that's the end of the match. But no, Shawn Michaels kicks out. Cena and HBK climb up to the top turnbuckle, so we think we're getting a super FU, but Shawn elbows his way out of it. HBK hits a crossbody on Cena, 
who tries who catches him and tries an fu, but HBK escapes and Cena ducks another sweet chin music attempt. Then Cena gets Cena gets Sean locked in the STFU, but Michaels gets away before he gets it locked in. Then he locks it into Sean, but Sean powers his way to the ropes. Then Michaels tunes up the band and he goes for sweet chin music and he connects. And here we go. One, oh no! Two. But he's too slow to cover Patrick. He's gassed. He's winded from the battle. He is. So by the time he crawls over, he only gets a two count. Then Cena gets Sean trapped in the STFU. Sean rolls around for a minute, tries his best, Patrick, uh, but he can't make it to the ropes. And he taps. And Shawn Michaels taps out to Cena. 28 minutes, 22 seconds. A lot of stuff I didn't cover there, but it was those were the big spots. It was a good match, though. It was fine. I don't think it was... I thought Taker Batista was better than this match. Really? Yeah, and I think that's because I think that's because Taker kept it kind of short with Batista, and that was good for Batista. But yeah, Cena and Michaels, this was good. It wasn't as good as their Iron Man match they had on Raw a few years later. And it's not Shawn Michaels' best WrestleMania match. No, and it's not Cena's best WrestleMania match. But it's fair, you know. It like you said, the the crowd with the. I got one thing to say. Shawn Michaels now knows what it's like. To have to go on after an unbelievable match. Yeah. Which is what he made Triple H and Randy Orton do at WrestleMania 25. <laughs> yes. Because he, Sean went on after Donald Trump and Vince McMahon, which nobody else gave a shit. At this point in time, we had we got our payoff. We got our deal. The most heavily advertised yeah. match had already happened. So, yeah. And I th- and Undertaker next year would close the show against Edge, right? He won by submission, and he had to follow Floyd Mayweather and Big Show. But I don't. That one didn't have as much payoff as I thought it would, though. Yeah, and well, and it's a Big Show match, so <laughs> what can you say? But yeah, then WrestleMania 25, of course. Yeah, Triple H and Orton <laughs> had to. Fo- well, not only that, Cena had to follow too with Edge and Big Show in a triple threat match. Undertaker Shawn Michaels was actually the third from the top that night. So. Yeah. Sucked all the energy out from those guys. Yeah. I Overall, mean, what do you think of WrestleMania 23? On our scale? Well, give some opinions before we get to our okay. amazing scale. This match was good. Wasn't the best for either man, but it was good for a WrestleMania match. The card overall? The card overall was pretty good. Not the best in the world, but it was nice to see... A little bit of everything with ECW mixed in with it. Not overwhelmed. Just one match here and then CM Punk being a part of the ladder match. The MVP, uh, Chris Benoit match, I think stole the show. Match of the night. And uh, bump of the night goes to Umaga because that was hellacious bump. That I mean, that was a brutal bump. Yeah, the move of the match. If you, I, I, I cannot stress this enough. If you have not seen this pay-per-view and you're listening to us, watch this bump. Even in slow motion if you have it available. Cause it jarred him to his like to his core jarred his body. That was a rough hit. But he got back up and finished the match like he a did. pro. He did. Uh I thought this was overall a pretty good pay-per-view. The, the only I think the the Collie Kane was no nothing more. Oh yeah. Was nothing more than to sell DVDs for see no evil. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, yeah, I would have cut that, and I would have cut the uh, women's match. Yeah. I honestly would have rather just cut MVP and Chris Benoit. Really? Yeah. Actually, no. I'd rather cut the ECW match 
uh, the originals and the new breed. I was going to say, because you shocked me with the – that Benoit match was good, man. You got to give it credit. <sighs> it was It was okay. Anyway, so on our scale of height – that we rank everything. Swoggle to Giant Gonzalez. It is WrestleMania, so I'm going to give it an Undertaker. Wow. That is a a lot of praise for this show. The build height of The Undertaker now being 6 foot 10. I'm going to go slightly smaller. I'm going to give it a King Booker build height 63. So there you go. On the scale way better than a scale of 1 to 10. The scale of height and the scale of wrestlers that we use to judge these shows. But you picked this one. Yes. So it is now my pick. It is. It is your birthday week. This is your birthday gift to the world. It is. To give them we are a coming, week's worth of anticipation. We are coming off one of the most controversial Survivor Series with Goldberg and Lesnar in a very long time. But when you think of Survivor Series... You think of only one. What Survivor Series is that, Alex? I don't really want to do Survivor Series 97, but we can do it. That's fine. It's your birthday. so. But I don't want to ever speak of Survivor Series 97 after that pay-per-view, after this review, after that review, because, man, you talk about <laughs> being played out more than ECW. It, yeah, it has. Wrestling with Shadows. Well, I've got... I've got Okay. Well, I mean, we don't have to. I've got oh, some, no, no, no. I've got some others in the back. No, this is good. This is fine. Are you sure? Yes, this is fine. I've got some others in the bag. No, I can't. It's that, your birthday week, That Patrick. I can pull out. I will sit down and make you watch an original ECW. Outside of the main event of Survivor Series 97, I don't really remember much from it. So it would be worth it to go see those matches. Now, I, the main event, there's been so much said about that, but... It'd be nice to go back and relive the rest of the card. Okay. Because you've also got, uh, let me see, the undercard for Survivor Series 1997. Gang Rules. Gang Rules. That's right. Kane and Mankind. You've got the Legion of Doom, Ahmed Johnson, and Ken Shamrock versus The Nation. This was Kane's first match. This was Kane's first singles match? Mm-hmm. As Kane, not as Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. He was... Right. Isaac Yankum, DDS. He had a title match against Bret Hart at one point. Yeah. Do you remember no, this that? Was, this was Kane's. Yes. Yes. This was Red Glow Spotlight Kane. And this was... Was this the match that Austin broke his neck at? No. No, that was him and Owen. Did him and Owen... Was that on this card? That wasn't on this yeah. card. Yeah. Well, a match with the two of them is on the card. That was at like a an in your house or something. No, that was at yeah. A... See, because he wrestles him here, but no, this is coming back. He wants he wants revenge for breaking his neck. Okay, I think so. Stone Cold will battle Owen Hart in the second to last match on the card. Oh, you know the main event only went twelve nineteen. Well, it feels like. <laughs> Much longer than that, based on how long we've talked about it. But there you go. For Patrick's birthday, he is going to revisit Survivor Series Gang Rules 1997 and the epic battle between the Truth Commission and the Disciples of Apocalypse. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. An early Christmas present. You're welcome. Well, that does it for this week in the Retro Wrestling Podcast. 
What is our closing line again? What are we As saying? always. Oh, yeah. Saying goodbye for the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I am intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. All right. There you have it. It all started over a quarter of a century ago, actually. It started back when Donald hosted WrestleMania Four at Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. Then on to WrestleMania, WrestleMania Five, And from there, a relationship was forged. Still continuing on to Los Angeles, Donald continued to find WrestleMania, his number one sports entertainment brand. He always associated with WrestleMania. He's Los Angeles right there at ringside. And when you think about it, second only to me, Donald might very well be a great president of the United States. Would I be a better president? Donald's going to find out soon this is a very partisan crowd. We continue the parallel in many different ways. Both of us are revolutionary businessmen. Both of us have a very strong work ethic. Both of us, as a matter of fact, followed our father's footsteps, our father's footsteps. Some say that uh, the two of us have massive egos. I don't see it. I mean, Donald for sure. Donald's always been known for his personal appearance. Six foot three, handsome. Where's the best clothes money can buy? He always has that ubiquitous power tie that he wears. As far as appearance is concerned, he's also been uh, noted to uh, be fond of his hair. So then it was only natural that these two titans, these two egos would clash. WrestleMania 23, McMahon versus Trump. Hair versus hair. Little did I know that on that night, Donald would cheat and be overwhelmed and, and attack me physically. My sentiments exactly because when Donald cheated, I mean, it, it, my guy lost. And then, unfortunately for me, the most embarrassing moment of my life occurred. Terrible tragedy. Now, I like to consider myself a handsome elderly gentleman. But I am, truthfully, the ugliest bald-headed man in the entire world. Oof, brutal. Hogan's name was just mentioned. Um, despite that unfortunate occurrence, to show you how magnanimous I am and how I never carry a grudge, it's my distinct honor to introduce you to the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2013. You're not even gonna let him come out here before you booing him? I can assure you, Donald Trump knows exactly what he's getting into. So, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Donald Trump. And it all began with WrestleMania number four in Atlantic City, where, frankly, I met the largest man I've ever seen to this date, 
the great Andre the Giant, who was great. My parents were there. They're no longer with us. My father said to me, this is one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. It was an amazing evening. And I invited Vince back the next year. So we're the only ones. We had back-to-back -back WrestleManias, and it was really terrific. But it was a terrific time. But the thing that I guess we're known for is the battle of the billionaires. And to this date, to this date, it has the highest ratings, the highest pay-per-view in the history of wrestling of any kind. So, and I'm very honored by that, and perhaps that's why I'm being inducted. But I will say this, I will say this, I will challenge Vince next year to a fight, and I will kick his ass if he wants. I will kick his ass. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,